Welcome to Habits for Happiness with Lady Fuller. The path to happiness is paved with healthy habits. We spend much of our lives searching for happiness when the key we're looking for is right there inside of us. We can discover that key through habit change, which you're about to learn about. Now, here is your host, Lady Fuller. Welcome to Habits for Happiness, the show where we discuss habits you can employ in your daily life to make you happier. I'm your host, Lady Fuller, a habits and success coach. And today to talk about the amazing habit of walking is the fabulous walking expert and author, Libby Delena. Welcome, Libby. Thank you. Good morning. I'm not walking, though. I'm sitting down for this. (laughs) (laughs) So let me just tell um, listeners a little bit about you really quick. Um, So Libby Delane is an award-winning, you know, executive creator director, and she's been a designer and art director by trade, and she's spent her entire career in the ad world. And she's received many awards and had a lot of media, which I won't list now. (laughs) But the best part of her bio is that she's an advocate for female leadership, an an aspiring pilot, that's amazing, a rookie fly fisherman, fan of a strong cup of tea, me too, and mom to two small, smart, kind men. She's a founder of hashtag this morning walk and has walked the circumference of the earth and Do Walk is her first published book. Wow. That's really amazing. <laughs> Welcome. Thank so you. tell listeners, yeah. can you tell us, did you walk this morning? Oh, gosh, yes, of course. Every damn day, as they say. Um, I haven't missed a day in 10 years. <laughs> okay. So tell me about your walk this morning. Oh, so this walk this morning actually was, um, I have a a route that I do with some regularity, and we can talk about the power of doing the same route in a minute, but this morning, it was that perfect temperature um, where it was almost no temperature. You know, you barely have a light coat on. Um, There was a layer of fog. I went down into this field where I haven't been before and just sat and watched the sun come up. Um, So I was up and on the road at about 5.30 a.m. The sun came up at around 6.45, and I was back at home at about 7.45. So I walked for about two hours. Wow. So how many miles? It's, um, you know, I should look. I don't. Here's the thing. As I always say, the thing about my morning walk practice is, um, it's not about mileage or pace. It's about simply doing it. I think, however, that um, it was probably close to eight miles. That's that's roughly what I do every day. I, I'm really just out there until I need to come home or I have something to do. Um, but it's roughly eight miles a day. Eight miles a day and flat surfaces, incline. Yeah, it's a great question. I live at about zero um, sea level (laughs) (laughs) on the East Coast, uh, just north of Boston, right next to the Atlantic Ocean. So there's not much up and down. That being said, as I mentioned, I literally have gone for a walk every single day. And there are plenty of days where there are ups and downs. I visit San Francisco a lot. I love to travel. So, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, um, something that we often call a hike is also a walk. <laughs> so, oh yeah, that's my uh, that's my cup of tea. Yes. Uh, so today it happened to be fairly flat and just a blisteringly beautiful morning. Okay, so I, just curious question. Yeah. Do you track your steps? Um, I started out uh, a decade ago doing that, um, and I no longer do. I think about a 
year or two into the process, I began to know roughly what I could do in a time, uh, in an hour or so. And I also am someone who could get lost in the data. I could be very easily get, um, dare I say, even obsessed with, you know, a Strava or a Whoop. I do have a Whoop. I wore it for a while. Um, and they're all incredible tools. They're wonderful. For me, my practice has turned more into kind of a moving meditation, um, a practice of mindfulness. And um, so I tend to not uh, track it, but it's a good, it's a great tool often. And I know, you know, you're the expert on habits. It is often, um, you know, it's a great tool to be a motivator to commit to say 10,000 steps to look at, you know, three or four o'clock in the afternoon and realize, oh, I probably should go for another little 20 minute walk in order to get to it. So I think it can be a really great tool. I've just have gotten to a place where I um, prefer the sort of really, really quiet aspects of a walk. Um, and that means not tracking. Not tracking. But can you tell us just for the listeners, what's the yeah. farthest you've ever walked? Okay, so um, it's a great question. So this comes with a story. I'll try to tell it quickly, but it was about three we years ago. We love a story. Okay. <laughs> it was about three years ago. I got some really hard, personally hard news, intimate, um, very, very personal, layered in with a little bit of betrayal. It's uh, it's that kind of news that's really life-changing. And um, I had been in this practice of going for a walk at that point, you know, seven, eight years. And I was leaving work and I thought to myself, well, I could really, I could go home. I could crawl into bed. I could pull the covers over my head. I could turn on my favorite music and make a cup of tea and try and feel better. And instead, when I got home, I knew what I needed to do was actually put on my walking shoes and go for a walk. And when I first set out that evening at, you know, 536, um, it was still pretty light out. And I didn't know I wanted to do this, but I ended up walking all night. And I don't mean that to be dramatic or um, uh, like overwhelming. Like all night, like, like yeah. till yeah. six yeah. in the morning? Yes, indeed. I came home at 7 a.m. and I did the same loop over and over and it. It was um, a way to grieve. It was a good way to heal. It was a way to take this emotion that was in my chest and begin to acknowledge it, see it. Um, and I, um, after each loop, which was about five miles, so it took me, you know, a little over, about a little over an hour, um, I just pause and I just check in. And um, it wasn't about, um, you know, it wasn't about the bravado of it. I just knew that I needed to keep moving to keep this energy and this emotion moving. And so, you know, one lap would, I'd be furious and I'd be stomping the next walk, the next loop, I'd be crying the next walk I'd be and the next loop. I'd be, you know, honestly listening to some really powerful music. And then it was about 7am. I came home and I thought, okay, um, I'm, I'm better. I'm, I hopped in the shower and went to work. I have no idea how many miles that was, um, but it was at least, you know, it was close to 11 hours. And I, it was not about pace. I had plenty of energy. I always felt safe. I could have given myself a moment to say, you know, it's time to go home. And I just didn't feel like that. I had, I had walked enough to know that every walk I feel better after it. And I feel nourished, enriched. Um, so 
Um, I wish I could tell you uh, how many miles it was, uh, but it was from about 5.30 till about 7 in the morning. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, that had to be, by my quick calculations, about 60-something miles, right? It could have, it could have been. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So, what in that story, and maybe you've already answered it, but what, what was the end result? So you walk this, get this life-changing news, you, you know, what I call swamping, stomping, and <laughs> you yeah. get shaking it off and getting it out. And, you know, what was the result of that 11 hours of walking? Yeah, it's a great question. I, um, I think what, what I was able to do in those hours was to hold space for that emotion, to acknowledge it, to see it, to not try and push it away. Um, the thing about a walk is, um, especially, yeah, I go by myself often, I, it um, allowed what was I was feeling in my chest and in my body and my head to come to the surface. And in a way, you know, I almost, I almost view going for a walk as kind of um, uh, you know, it's like a massage in a way. Mm, it's like, take, like a massage. I love that yeah, analogy. Yeah. yeah, And it's just, for me, adding motion to emotion enables me to acknowledge it, to see it, to feel it, to process it, to hold it, to honor it. And so I think in that evening, what that walk did was to say, you know what? It's okay to be furious. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be overwhelmed. It's um, I, you have the space and uh, you're okay. Keep going. Step you're by okay. step. Keep going. I love. I want listeners just to hold on to this, what you said earlier, what is adding motion to emotion, right? I had a, our episode three, we had um, a dance master on and she mm. talked about the power of movement. And she mentioned that we are the only animals in nature who don't physically shake it off when we experience trauma. Mm. And so walking, would you agree, is a way of shaking it off? Um, yes, it's interesting. I might use different language because I'm not sure I want to shake it off. I just want to move it so that I can mm. see it better. So to me, um, you know, I, I think the answer is yes, um, certainly. Uh, for me, I don't want to get rid of those emotions. I just want, I want to honor them. I want to see them. I want, mm. you know, we talk about grief as um, a, a several stage process. And I think unless we hold hands with each step. I don't know that you get to the next phase. And so I think um, it's really interesting, though, to think about the natural world as, as shaking it off. I, for me, I think it's about um, seeing it. I think the, the reality for me is I spend a lot of time in my head, not a lot of time acknowledging what I'm feeling. And so walking is a place where I can give those emotions a little bit of a hug. And um, But it's a, it's a great... That's a great note. I'm going to think about that tomorrow on my walk about yeah. how animals shake it off. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and speaking of animals, right? We're the only mammals that are biped. That's right. That's Isn't right. Correct? So I, I, you know, I would say the thing about walking that's so powerful. I will say for me, it is so simple and it is so transformative. And if we are able-bodied, if so fortunate to be able-bodied, um, it is a, a, an, an incredible, simple tool and it is what makes us human right uh, the thing about going for a walk is you don't need a lot of gear you don't need a gym membership you and there's nothing wrong with that but 
Um, you can be spontaneous. You don't have to sign up for a time slot to a class. You simply put on your shoes and it can be around the block. It could be to the driveway. It could be eight miles. It could be all night. And I will, as I always say, every, every walk is a good walk. I learn something. I see something. I acknowledge something in that process um, that is important. You know, I started 10 years ago because my life had wonderfully, uh, this isn't, um, there, there's no victimness in this, or um, there, had become very busy with, you know, carpools and errands and business meetings and um, it was all wonderful, but what I realized was um, I was actually missing a really key component of who I was, and I really believe we have to make time for the things that are really important to us, not just simply find time. Mm-hmm. So I just committed to the outdoors is where I'm happiest, and my days had become very indoor-focused, and so I just said, okay, well, for the next 30 days, I'm just going to get up and go for a walk, it's as simple as can be. Nothing dramatic, nothing overwhelming, just be outdoors. Um, And I did this one loop, and at the end of 30 days, um, here we are 10 years later. Yeah, so I'm I'm so curious, Libby. How has your life changed that you've done walk to the circumference of the earth, that you have a 10-year walking habit? What's different about you now? Um, That's a terrific question. I think um, it's back to what I was saying earlier about that all-night walk, which is, building into my day the space to really um, ground, get grounded, to really look at what's happening in my, you know, internal world, <laughs> to I often step outside and have an intention. That sounds very thoughtful. It really actually isn't. I just, as I step outside, I often there's someone I want to think about. There's a uh, creative problem I need to solve. There's, um, you know, uh, something I, I need space to spend time with or choose to spend time with. And it's in that walk that it happens. So I think um, my world is just more spacious. I am, you know, dare I use the language happier because I'm outside. And again, mm-hmm. I just, um, it is an essential component of who I am. And so I would say I've created something in my life that allows me to you know, just kind of pay attention and be outside. And that's um, incredibly nourishing. Wow. So your life's more nourished. You mentioned before that you spent a lot of time in your head before. Do you feel like you spend less time in your head now? I, I do. I know I, um, you know, the act of just simply moving and um it is is really powerful. We'll also say during the pandemic, it was really a beautiful tool. A bunch of us would walk together. We'd see each other. It was a way to socialize. Um, I've met people on, you know, sort of travel trips and we've met up to go for a walk. So it's, it's both an internal, beautiful practice for myself, but it's also a way sort of built a community. And that's been... um, You're like the Forrest Gump of walking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can only hope. (laughs) Yeah, with all the people behind him, you know, it's the best visual, right, for for everyone. And tell us a little bit. So so tell us about your Instagram and how you post every day. And then also tell us how people meet you for walks. I think that's super interesting. 
Yeah. Um, so when I first started, so I, as you noted in my bio, I've spent 30 years um, in the ad world and I am now 59 years old, which I'm really happy about. I don't have any problem with my age. I'm really grateful. The thing is, however, that the ad world is very, is very much a young person's world. And so 10 years ago, it's really honestly when Instagram and was really coming to the scene. And I realized in order to stay really vibrant and vital in my profession, um, and clients were asking about all the social media business <laughs> a decade ago, um, I needed to become, I don't, know, I don't want to call myself an expert. I needed to be versed in the world of all this, you know, from Twitter to Instagram, all of it. And um, so I decided when I decided to pick up this practice that I would take a picture every single day and post it on my Instagram handle, which is Park here. And Park happens to be my middle name. So at um, Park here for Instagrammers. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and I decided, uh, and it, this is still true. It was just for myself. It was a tool of accountability, meaning I would take a picture every single day of my walk and I would simply post it. And it was a tool to not not only learn the sort of ins and outs of Instagram and social media, but it was also my way, um, I guess it was journaling. I'm an art director, so the visual language is my go-to. I thought, well, if nothing else, um, I don't want to break a streak, so I'm going to start posting a picture. I get to day seven, I don't want to go for a walk, and I think to myself, well, you know what, here's this tool, you're going to have this big gap in your Instagram feed if you don't go. And so on some of those mornings, it was a helpful tool. And here, you know, here we are 10 years later, and I've just, I've, I've, I've kept up that practice. And so it's a habit tracker, you know, it's a chain it of, yeah, that's exactly right. That's beautiful language. And it, you know, some people may come back from a walk and journal some people, you know, there's many ways to, to, have that sort of accountability tool. I will say the thing that was really interesting as, uh, you know, as an art director, my, my responsibility in my profession was for how things looked. And I will say this morning walk practice really, I like to say, taught me how to see. So yeah. I knew how to look. I knew how, you know, you go for a walk, you look at things, beautiful leaves are changing now, this fog in the morning. But now I can say I really know how to see, and it changed my, the way I did my work. It changed how I saw the world. Um, I feel um, as if um, what my dear friend Cheryl Strayed, who wrote a beautiful book called Wild about a big epic walk. Such calls, a great book. Oh, it's so good. And she talks about um, going for a walk or a hike as seeing the world at foot speed. Foot speed. Love that foot speed. Yeah. The thing about foot speed, of course, is you, you are in the same sort of energy and pace as the natural world. So you see things differently. You hear things differently. This morning, the fog right next to the ocean was really briny. It was uh, beautiful. So the, the thing about, um, Going for a walk every single day is you you may be looking at the same barn or the same ocean or the same field every day, but it, you see it differently. Your internal environment's different, the weather's different, the light's different. So you even just that sort of foot speed of slowing down has enabled me to see things very differently. And 
it was through the tracking on Instagram of, you know, initially, honestly, every single day I often posted a picture about the same barn. It wasn't a very interesting feed. I'm not sure it is any, it now either, <laughs> but uh, um, it was. You have a uh, lot of followers. So people are, people are paying attention. Uh, well, you know, it's just being able to slow down and see that beautiful barn and seeing how different it looked on Tuesday versus Wednesday versus summer versus winter. Um, so that practice of visually, um, noting and posting was really important to the process. Oh, I love that. So tell us a little bit about, you have like Forrest Gump, people that meet you when you travel to walk. I do. Yeah. Isn't How do great? they know where, where you go? What, what's well, the process? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, recently, I've been very fortunate to sort of host some walking events where we have a conversation about the power, simple power, the transformative power of a simple walk, um, and hosting one actually on November 5th down in Cape Cod. Um, and so that's a place where, you know, on those events, many people sort of come together. This last one, we there's about, I don't know, 30 or 40 of us that went for a morning walk. But every now and then, and it's a tricky one, as you can imagine, a lot of people ask, well, how do you stay safe? Um, there's a couple of components. I have to say, I do always have my phone with me and I, I generally carry a whistle, but I walk in a place um, and maybe I'm too cavalier about it. I feel incredibly safe. Um, but when walking with other people or meeting up with people, sometimes I've done this less so recently. Um, but sometimes I'll say I'm going to, you know, be at parking lot number one on Plum Island, come join me and a few friends will show up. And um, but I've done that a little bit less now, just out of sort of um, a sense of. I guess, uh, taking care. <laughs> yeah. But, and it's, it's been a pandemic, right? Yeah, so you don't really right. know who's going to show up. That's but, right. So I do, yeah. I do it less blind now, but there is a group of us. We often, you know, have a text chain and we say, okay, we're going to meet at this spot and we go out for a few hours. Oh, I lovely. love that. So I have some fun questions. So please. Yeah. Do you go through how many pairs of walking shoes? It's a great question. My favorite shoes are Hoka, and I walk primarily in the Bondis and the Cajas. And what I do, um, and, you know, everybody, my recommendation is to go to your local shoe store and have somebody fit you for a perfect pair of shoes. Um, everybody's feet are different. Those, those happen to be my favorites. Um, and what I do is I actually take out the inserts and put in my own Um I like a little bit of a higher arch that comes from most shoes. So I take out their inserts, put in my own. And then when you say your own, sorry to interrupt, is it Dr. Scholl's or? Yeah, I wish I I should have written down the name, but um, I get them at the running store. So um, I can't remember the brand name. I'm so sorry, but I mean, they're oddly expensive and and I keep them often for a year, but there, you know, there's some that are for plantar fasciitis. There's some for that are um, gel. There's some for an extended arch. And so I, you know, I buy those and put them in, but Dr. Scholl's would be kind of a similar concept. Um, I don't have custom orthotics or anything like that, but how many pairs, how many pairs of shoes do you go through? So when I start a new pair of shoes, I, on the tongue of the shoe, I, with a Sharpie, put the date and I know I never go beyond about 600 miles per pair of shoes. And so, you know, that ends up being about two or three months for me. And I'm very diligent about, about that. I don't, sort of play with that. I don't wear a pair of shoes for a year. And I also have, sometimes I have two pairs at once and I sort of rotate them. So as I said, the Cajas are more sort of low hikers and the Bondis are more running shoes. 
And I don't know, I, I've never had anybody tell me this is smart, but for some reason it feels intuitively right that um, by shifting those shoes, I, you know, I'm doing a lot of miles. I, what I don't want to do is um, create any bad habits or, um, and I do a lot of stretching. Um, so I think I, let's see. So I probably go through six, seven pairs of shoes a year. We should have like, I'm what's coming up for me is this like, um, this like museum of your, your old shoes, right? <laughs> oh we would God. have like all of them right well, up there. Yeah. Uh, get you well, sponsored by Hoka, yeah. right? Just yeah. get you some free shoes. Well, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a relationship with Hoka. So, um, in fact, there should be a post up on their Hoka Instagram in the next, I think that's October 15th. In any case, where I'll be talking about my walking kit and what I wear when I go for a walk. So, I, I do have a, a wonderful relationship. What with do them. you wear? Um, beyond, so, beyond the shoes. Yeah. So it really is dependent. What most people are really interested in is the winter kit because the summer kit is kind of obvious. The winter kit here in New England, um, you know, there are days where it is well below zero. So on those those winter days, I generally have a pair of Kaha low shoe hokas that are at least a half a size too big. And the reason for that is I wear two pairs of socks and I put toe warmers in. So if I'm out, you know, if it's below zero, I tried um, heated socks, but I didn't really have much luck with them. Unfortunately, every now and then they wouldn't work and I'd be halfway up out of my walk and the the, shoot, the socks wouldn't stay warm. So unfortunately, I use those disposable sort of toe warmers. And then I honestly, I wear t- two pairs of wool socks and I usually wear kind of the old fashioned old man's like socks. <laughs> Like yeah. gold toe, gold toe wool socks. They're not well, precious. Well, they're warm. <laughs> yeah, not very so, technical, but <laughs> yeah. Well, so so do you have us an idea? What's the coldest? And we'll go back to after the break. We'll talk about the exact outfit. But what's the coldest it's ever been when you walked? Uh, Nineteen below. Oh my with gosh! A wind, with a wind chill of twenty something below. And you've never thought it's too cold to walk. Uh, no, I just shortened my route and I'm not out there to be a hero. So if I start to get cold, I turn and come home. It's kind of, I feel kind of heroic after those walks and it, um, you know, I never put myself in danger. I actually love those snowy mornings and there's nothing like coming home, having done a loop and feeling like, yeah, I just did that. I'm going to make an extra cup of chai and it was terrific. So I've never had a bad walk. (laughs) <laughs> and post your photo and then you're done. So yeah. maybe we're headed for a break. Terrific. But uh, when we come back, I want to talk about what you wear when it's 19 below. Yes. And I have some other fun questions. And I want the listeners to also hang on because we're going to tell you how to start the habit of walking. Thanks, everyone. Hang in there. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Try out a free coaching session with your host, Lady Fuller, to learn more about her individualized and corporate coaching programs. Learn to drop bad habits and pick up healthier habits to live a healthier life. Email her at lady at happinessmba.com. That's L-A-D-Y at happinessmba.com. MBA.com or check out our coaching business at habits, the letter for happiness.com. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Want to reward clients, customers, or employees with a gift that will blow their socks off? We at International Gifting Company have your next corporate event covered. We carry 250 personalized gifts for on-site incentive events. Or we can create virtual gift boxes your employees and clients can receive at home. Contact us today for a quick and free proposal. We love to wow. Contact info at intlgiftingco.com or check out our webpage at intlgiftingco.com. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Habits for Happiness. To reach the show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now, back to our program. Here again is Lady Fuller. And we're back. Thanks, everyone, for hanging in there. We're here with Libby Delena, walking expert and author of Do Walk. Libby, if you weren't with us before, has walked the the circumnavigated the globe. And I think that's, what, 25,000 miles, Libby? I think it's roughly. Yeah, I think that's right. She walks every morning. And you can check her out at, what's your Instagram handle? Park Park here. here. Yes. And my middle name is Park. I I should have, uh, you know, I made it 10 years ago. I didn't know walking was going to be my thing. (laughs) It should be something walking. So (laughs) I love that. So we were talking before the break about... Libby's coldest walk at negative 19 degrees and the idea of what she could wear to be warm. So we went through the socks. What are you wearing on top? Yeah. So um, I usually wear a pair of leggings, tights and long underwear. And then over the top is um, sort of a pair of ski pants. So it's three layers, quite honestly. Um, It's uh, yeah. Leggings, long underwear, and then a pair of ski pants. And then on top, um, I always wear um, a lightweight wool long sleeve shirt. So my favorite brand, Icebreaker, love it. Um, and then one of my um, sort of slightly unusual tools is somebody once said to me, go to, go find um, potentially at a thrift shop. There's no reason to spend a lot of money on this. Go find an old um, either wool or large men's cashmere sweater. Bring it home, wash it, uh, essentially felt it, and cuts the sleeves off to be short sleeve. And it ends up being the ugliest and the warmest <laughs> layer ever. I mean, I, you I know, mean, it's I a vest. Never, it's a yeah, sweater vest. It is, but it's felted. It is so warm. I have two of them. One, I left the sleeves long and I put a little thumb hole in. Now, let me just be clear. Nobody ever sees me in this. I put a, a big, huge puffy coat. I wear a big, um, enormous down jacket. I think it's an expedition weight with a hat and a headlamp and the hood up. But um, I think that felted sweater is the key to all love of this. This is <laughs> the know. big takeaway, guys. Yeah, felted right. sweater. I know. So, so injuries. Have you had any injuries from walking? Um, 
I think that is one of the most magical aspects of walking. I think any age, any, again, if we're fortunate to be able-bodied, it is um, something that anybody can do. So to answer your question, recently I had a little hamstring injury, but it wasn't from walking. I literally did something ridiculous, making a cup of tea. <laughs> so it, it kind of got in the way of my walking. <laughs> That's a tea injury. Yeah, Libby. I That's know. not a walking uh, injury. It's just ridiculous. Um, I will say it put a little bit of a damper on my walking though, kind of was unfortunate, but um, no, but I, you know, I spend a bunch of time with a roller. I roll out my legs, my feet, um, a very dear friend of mine, uh, Cheryl Richardson, she's an absolute star, has introduced me to, um, you know, foot massages and rolling out um, my feet. So I spend, quite, you know, I spend some time. I don't just go for a walk and come home, take a shower and get on with the day. I, I do spend a little time in and around the edges of making sure my feet are feeling okay, my uh, hamstrings. Um, but the short answer is, no, I really haven't injured myself. And I, I feel really fortunate about that. And I hope that stays the case well into my 90s. I may have oh, a walking stick then, walking stick then, but. <laughs> yeah, no, so my dad, my dad's yeah. 84 and he walks about yes. two hours a day. Amazing, right? Yeah, and he's in fabulous shape. It's brilliant. Um, but he really, you know, can, you know, show us all the power and sort of youthful nature of walking. That's right. And I want to, you know, for, for most listeners, most of us really walk less than a thousand steps a day. Mm -hmm. um, and so how can a listener who wants to start a habit of walking, where do they start? Oh, it's such a great question. I, um, I think it is uh, start with an intention that this is something that is going to be very nourishing for you. Understand, look at the reason you're doing it. it and there's many reasons to do it. Uh, for me, it was to be outside. It was to create space. Um, it was to be with friends. It was to problem solve. It was uh, to get grounded. So try and spend a moment figuring out why it is that this is feels like something that uh, would be meaningful to you. Um, so let's say, start with an intention. Um, don't, I, I believe, don't get too caught up in how far, how long. Find a path where you feel safe, where you're inspired by the view, um, and simply step out the door for the first day, I'd say 15, 20 minutes, um, and then come back and commit to yourself that you're going to do it two times a week, three times a week, and then really quite honestly, just commit to yourself. It's, it's what you talk about, about finding a way to create a habit. For me, it was useful to say, I'm going to do it every single day for 30 days and not allow myself the opportunity to um, talk myself out of it. Because I think our you know that little voice, she's really yes. sexy, she's really convincing that will say, oh, you're tired, you're up late, you don't need to go today. Um, the trick is to um, acknowledge that voice in your head, say, I see you, sister, but you know what, you go back to bed, I'm going for a walk. The way I like to describe it is minimize the distance between waking and walking. So I love I, that. I just want to stop one second, Libby. Minimize the difference between waking and walking. Okay, so the, the that distance. means doing it distance. Yeah. That means doing it first thing, right? 
for me, it's doing it first thing. I think there's a uh, real power in the morning and seeing the community wake up. You don't have to go out when it's dark, but for me, it's getting up early. It's putting my shoes right near the back door. It's having my gear ready to go. If you're someone who's a cup of coffee or cup of tea before, have it laid out, especially in those early days. So we're trying, what we're trying to do is remove the friction or remove places where that little beautiful voice um, can convince you that you shouldn't go. And, um, and once we reduce that friction, the opportunity is get out of bed, get on your gear, have it ready, have your cup of little sip of cup of tea. I happen to have mine when I come back and then head out the door. And don't make it so overwhelming that it feels impossible. Again, start with around the block to the end of your driveway, if you're fortunate. Find a friend. Um, I do think the notion of accountability is helpful. Uh, maybe it's just a check on a piece of paper that um, <laughs> says I did it. Now have some really beautiful friends in the Instagram ecosystem that every day will post a picture or a story and tag this morning walk. And so we all see each other and we're giving each other high fives. <laughs> I know I'm going to announce we're going to do a habits for happiness yes. um, walking challenge. So for Thank listeners, you. please do 30 walks in 30 days and do hashtag this morning walk. You'll be on yes. Libby's Instagram. Sure will. So awesome. <laughs> and it can only be, you know, it could be five minutes if someone doesn't have a ton of time. A hundred percent. There is no judgment in any of this, only uh, the opportunity to um, really do something for yourself, create space to nourish, you know, all parts of you. I have found too, even when it's cold, that when I come back, I take my shoes off and I put my feet on the ground. And there, there is some science around that notion of earthing or grounding that is mm -hmm. really, really powerful. And um, so I do that at the end of my walk as well, um, which has been very um, helpful through the pandemic, I will say. I love that. So here's a fun question. Do you ever run? I sure do. Um, so I spent a lot of my um, high school years and college years as an athlete. I um, spent a lot of time rowing and went to the nationals and all that. So I have to say for the first couple of years, and it took me years um, to get over myself because I thought of myself as an athlete. And so I'd walk, run, I'd walk, run, walk. And I was like, well, this practice really isn't about necessarily getting my cardio up. Um, but my ego was sort of tender at that moment. Like you think of yourself as an athlete and you're just going for a walk. Um, so early on, I definitely sort of split the difference. And now um, it's kind of joyous. It's every now and then I have some really you know, awesome music in my earbuds. And I just decide to run from here to the end of the block or, but it is not about a workout. It is not exercise. It's just because it feels really great on my body to move that way. Um, but does so, it count as a walk? It sure does. It's just a fast walk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just had the Olympics. You know, yeah, you saw the fast walkers. Oh, they right. walk much faster than I've ever been able to run. Of course. So. <laughs> yes, yes. I have a dear friend, Charlie Engel. You actually all should follow him. And he's an incredible, he's an ultra runner. In fact, um, he's run across the Sahara. He's 
there's an incredible movie about him. In any case, one day <laughs> I said, Charlie, so do we do the same thing? And, and he said, yeah, Lib, it's just I go a little faster, you go a little slower. It's all the same thing. So <laughs> We're all um, moving forward, right? We are step by step. And that's the other piece I think that's so brilliant about a walk is that much like life, when you break things down and go step by step, um, you can we can all accomplish a lot. There's been plenty, plenty of walks where I've gotten out, you know, five or six miles turned around and realized the headwind coming back is gnarly and that's snowy and the rain's dripping down in my back. And, you know, it's one of those moments you think, what the heck am I doing? And you just break it down step by step by step. And pretty soon you're back at home. And um, a lot of those same messages that are embedded within the walk can be applied to life. So it's been oh, a real, real teaching tool. Yeah. Step by step, right? Just yes. put one foot in front of the yeah, other. So right. powerful for all so, of us. Yes. Especially, you know, I always tend to tell my clients and when I'm coaching that, you know, if we break down our lives into days and then even subsets, you know, time of day, then we can really have, you know, an effect on our overall life. And this idea of just putting one foot in front of the other and not trying to, you know, boil the ocean and try to take on everything at once, you know. That's right. And I, I love what you said. And the, the notion of, of sort of creating, let's call it a micro habit, right? Yeah. It's really, it's an invitation to create a generous, thoughtful micro habit. Put on your shoes. You don't even need to go buy running shoes. Just start um, going, heading out the door. And um, I can pretty much guarantee you, you'll feel better after it. Oh, I love that. Okay, so here's another fun question. Have you ever encountered wildlife that was dangerous? I have. Um, I have. Um, and I have spent a lot of time in, well, hiking in, in the, you know, call it the backcountry. So I think I'm fairly well versed in how to navigate that. But recently, even around where I am, there's definitely been coyotes. Um, again, it's sort of why I, mostly why I carry a whistle in my pocket. But, um, you know, I, I never get into their space. I suppose there was one hike. I was actually um, one walk out, out with some friends in Alaska, and we were walking in the backcountry or actually going fishing and walking to our location. And as we all know, there's plenty of bears there. So it's... Um, you know, it's just being very thoughtful and respectful of their space. We are in their space. And, um, you know, at that point, I was with the, with a guide and we did have bear spray, but thankfully never. Yeah, never grizzly did. bears are big in Alaska. What's, yeah. the, what's the most extreme place that you've walked? Interesting question. One could argue New York City. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, uh, it's an interesting question, and a number of things are coming to mind. I'm not, but although I'm not sure I'd use the word extreme, so so a dear dear friend who's doing incredible work um, over in Nepal. Her name is Maggie Doyne. I invite everybody, please look up her work. She's just a, a absolute uh, gem on this planet. Her organization is called Blink Now, and uh, I'm involved with that organization, and so have been over to. Kathmandu. And so when I, you know, so walking through the streets of Kathmandu, they had an earthquake, as we know, several years ago, which is still pretty visible. So when I say extreme, what I mean is, it is such a beautiful, beautiful culture that is so um, dynamic and um, spiritual and um, 
just absolutely beautiful. And it is so extremely different from where I live. So I'm walking on, you know, next to the beach, nobody else around, snowy owls about. It's really beautiful. So in contrast, I would say the most contrasted place is probably the streets of of Kathmandu. Um, and that may not be exactly what you're asking, but I know um, that it was an open-ended question. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and I love yeah. that for listeners, if you could describe what that walk looks like, give us a visual. Oh, in Kathmandu? Yes. Oh, bustling, colorful, these ruby reds, um, beautiful little candles along the side of the street, the sound of um, uh, little honking, um, you know, motorcycles and a very beautiful language that sounds like singing, um, lots of um, bells. Um, it's so, it really touches on all the senses. There is the smell of candles. Um, so in many ways, maybe funny language is a very sensual experience. And, that, and it's all, for me, it was all very new and gorgeous. Um, and of course, you have the you know mountains, yeah, often the very distant. But um, so I would say it is um, absolutely beautiful, sensual, um, and really inspiring. I love that. I love that. And um, on the break, I asked you, but I want listeners to hear this. Where's a place that you'd like to walk that you've never walked before? Yeah, so um, there's, I have two answers. One is the Camino um, in Spain. I'd love to do, I think it's about six weeks. I'd, walk, I'd love to walk it end to end. I'm sort of considering doing that next year for my birthday and inviting friends for any piece or portion of that. <laughs> um, and I'd also love to hike walk um, in Bhutan at some point. Um, mm. And I don't know what it is about that place, but it seems to be... I. I'm very drawn to to that. Yeah. And back to this idea of what we can see, right? Like in Bhutan, yeah. as you described in Kathmandu, there's just a lot centrally to see. Yes. Yes, that's right. I mean, and the, I, I would have to say third, there are so many places in our country that um, I can't wait to walk. Um, I've never been to Glacier Park. I'd like to do that. Um, um, so uh, equally as interesting to me as our own you know, I'll call it our greater backyard. Um, so I would say yeah. those three, the Camino, Bhutan, and a lot of little beautiful pockets in, in the U.S. Yeah. So um, what are you working on now? Next projects? Oh, interesting question. Um, these are still, um, don't tell anybody, maybe nobody's listening. So nobody's <laughs> There's a lot of people listening. So so I, um, about a year ago, started cold plunging and uh, meaning uh, did a lot of research around Wim Hof and the power of getting in cold water. And uh, because I live near the ocean, the Atlantic, pretty far north, it's pretty cold. And so a small group of us, which we call ourselves the mermaids, um, have been plunging at least every week. Um, some Where? Other mermaid, um, Where are you plunging? Right, yeah, right up here on the coast, uh, right off the beach. I happen to live in Newburyport, Massachusetts, which is right near the New Hampshire border, the near the Merrimack River, and we get in the water. And we've been getting in the water pretty regularly for this past year. There were days um, when we had to move the ice out of the way. And oh goodness, uh, when it becomes negative 19, you might not be doing that anymore. Well, I, th I think we might. In any case, so we've been talking about um, 
putting together each of us writing a chapter and putting together a little sort of collection of essays on the power of what uh, we've learned in that. Um, what is the benefits yeah. to cold plunging? Well, I um, I am no expert. I would invite listeners to check out the work of Wim Hof uh, and his method. But um, I will say from a community perspective to do something that is really hard that we don't think we can do together with a bunch of really interesting, dynamic other women is really powerful. There's certainly a lot of biology that says that that kind of cold um, does a lot for body inflammation, tips into um, the body burning fat brown fat. Um, but again, please, nobody listen to me as an expert. Um, uh, it, I will say the thing that it has done for all of us is I think we all walk to the water's edge with that, again, that beautiful little voice telling us, what the heck are you doing? You hate the cold. Don't do this. And then to step in the water together, we often walk in the water holding hands. Oh, and, I love this visual for people. Yeah. And then we go, we sort of wait at our waist height, and then we go down to shoulder height and honestly, it gets very quiet and we're all just sort of looking at each other. You okay? You okay? We all good? And there's no requirement for how long anybody stays in. Everybody know thyself and get out. I was the one that got out early last week. I just, um, yeah, needed to listen to my body. And I will say every time we get out of the water, we are laughing Um we now say this is what female joy looks like because we get out of the water, we are laughing. It's like every bit of dopamine is coursing through our bodies. Um, we're really proud of ourselves. Yeah, and this is so, this is like just something people can do in nature, right? Or yes. obviously yes. Um, be careful. You certainly yes. want to know what 100%. you're doing. Yep. But um, really, before we complete today or close today, yes. tell us how people can find you and learn more about you and uh, Thank you. All of that. I, yeah, aren't you nice? Well, um, Instagram is a great place. Again, it's park as in park your car or go to the park. Park here, H-E-R-E, uh, my middle name. So here I am, park here. And then also uh, I've put together a website, which is thismorningwalk.com. And uh, not only are there events listed, um, but there's also a whole resources tab where I really try and collect thoughtful, interesting articles that are written about the power of walking and the power of making it a habit. So there's some of my writing there. There's a link to be able to buy the book, but there's also resources. There's been a lot written in the last 18 months about how um, powerful a walk can be. So those are two really beautiful places to reach out. And I'd love to hear from everybody. And if you yeah. go for a walk, tag this morning walk, I'd love to see it. I love this idea of going, setting aside 30 days and doing a walk a day for 30 days it can only be five Absolutely. minutes and um, hashtag this morning walk. And we can continue the conversation for everyone on our Facebook group at Habits for Happiness. Make sure you check out Libby. And what's really, really resonating for me from this is giving motion to emotion. I love that idea. And then one step further put pun intended, putting one foot in front of the other and treating our lives like that, you know, one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. It's really an amazing thing. So everybody get out there and go for a walk. Um, the road to happiness is paved with healthy habits, as I always say, and walking mm -hmm. is an amazing, amazing healthy habit. So please listen next week, you guys, for another riveting conversation on a powerful habit that can change your life. Thank you, Libby, for being here today and talking walking with us. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much. No, Bye. thanks.
Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Habits for Happiness. Please join Lady Fuller for another edition of the program next Friday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, discover how to find your new happy place.